This is going to be a good one, Jake. I can feel it. I feel it too. <laughs> uh, cheers. Hey, cheers. Blink. First things so I, first, what is that? That is a spicy Mexican martini. Ooh. Is that another tequila beverage? Another tequila beverage. I want a big tequila kick lately. Nice. Do you have like a little bar set up? Like a little uh like a little bar shelf kind of situation? I have a I have a corner where I go and sit, uh <laughs> where everything uh, is stored. <laughs> like like it's you're like in dunce. time out. <laughs> yeah, it's like my little dunce corner with all my you put a cone on your head and, and it's a cone, but it has a, like, like a sipping straw that I just, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know what you do, buddy. You put, you can find a cool, you find a cool little mini bar on, on Amazon or something and put it on your registry. Oh, I love that. Just do it. A good buddy of mine had one of those, but it's, it's one of, it's a globe. Oh, that, oh, that's the dream. It's the dream. Oh, I've always wanted a globe that opens up and there's this booze inside. I, they they had to make like a Death Star one of those, right? Like oh, to exist. Now you're talking. That's amazing. <laughs> That's such a good idea. I'm sure it's it has to. It has to. They have like Death Star ice cube trays, so I'm sure we could. <laughs> so uh, the, the Star Killer base uh, mini bar is a lot cheaper. The Star Killer. <laughs> Uh, the Land Cruiser will run you about. You can't really store much on there, but you know, it's yeah. really clunky. But, yeah. use, but it'll get you to point A to point B. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, so Jake, how you been? I've been doing okay. Um, sweating my butt off because uh, I think we hit the triple digits for a little bit this this weekend. Yeah, we were doing so well. I think in the last record, we were like, "Man, the weather's so great." And it was like a lovely little 68 to 75 for a couple weeks, man, even three. And then Austin was like, you're done. And then like on a dime, like, bam, it's like, it's, you know, 98 and, and humid and gross. It's, you can, it's one of those things where you, you wake up in the morning and you like, you step outside and you're like, oh man, it's here. Yeah, it's here. I, I, I was like, I had a suspicion that, oh, maybe it'll be like a mild chill summer, you know, but nope. We're in for it now. Um, but, but other than that, I've been enjoying. So, yes, uh, I have been mentioned briefly. I have, I have been taken to tequila lately. My two faves uh, for mixed drinks is, uh, is Camar- not an ad, just, just sharing. Camarón tequila and then salsa uh, for martinis. But sipping, not an ad, uh, mm-hmm. Terra Noble. It's the smoothest. So... If you're looking for a good one, I couldn't recommend it more. Terra <laughs> Noble, uh, which is Latin for uh, Terra Noble. Yeah. <laughs> Noble Terrace. <laughs> does, it, does it mean proud earth? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I'm guessing Terra, right? Okay. How about, uh, how about you? What's been new? Have you seen? I think you've seen something that I haven't seen. And oh. I think our, oh. our predictions were true. Uh, heard, um, okay. tasted, smelled, anything, heard anything lately, cool lately? Well, before we get to our five senses, I think we should probably just say welcome to Sip and Mimos. Oh, oh. I, I, ideally, ideally, welcome back. Um, blah, 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 I'm Elliot. And 
Hey, and this is Jake, and this is the Internet's premier Citrus Space Libation podcast, where Ellie and I talk about 90s rock and electronica, uh, oftentimes uh, over, well, very rarely over mimosas, but <laughs> we do we do enjoy a nice Bev every... <laughs> so, Elliot, yeah. what's been new lately? Have you seen, heard, ate, tasted, smelled anything cool lately? Um, do you know what Tommy Want Wingy is? Oh man, I follow them on Instagram. Uh, Do you? They're they're a truck, aren't they? At, they're at Saloon. Pardon? They're they're a local food truck that makes chicken wings, and yeah, they just they were at they were at you know around that area of Barton Spring Saloon for a long time, and then they went and they went. They had a truck at uh, Cosmic. Have you ever been to Cosmic Coffee? Yes. On like uh, that place is pretty cool. I like, I like um, if you can find a parking spot, it's a fun time. But um, I, I was at Saloon the other night and, and sure enough, like, oh, Tommy Want Wingies back. And like, so I look at their menu. I'm like, oh, man, I, sh- I sure would love a couple of wings, baby. $15 for five wings. Ooh. It's like, it's rough. And I'm like, but I'm like, I really want those wings. So I went ahead and just got a couple. Tab was ridiculous, but then like I got them, I brought them home with me because I don't like to eat in front of people. And I'm like, damn, these wings are worth $18. (laughs) They are so good. Also, not a sponsor, but they are so good. (laughs) Maybe they'll sponsor us. How fun would that be? Oh, I would, I would love that. Man, we can have them on and talk about Tommy Boy. Come on. They could pay our hosting fees with one order of chicken wings. That's all. Yeah, I uh, they popped up on my like Instagram people you would like to follow, mm-hmm. um, and it they look incredible. And knowing they're at, knowing they're at Barton Spring Saloon, I I absolutely miss that place. That's such a fun establishment. Yeah, it's a wild spot. Um, uh, I I go there every once in a while, and like I haven't I've never been there without just seeing a conflict unfold of oh, some no. sort. <laughs> it's that kind of spot it's a little uh rough and tumble i guess you'd call it my my favorite memory of that place is thanksgiving no it was christmas christmas at saloon maybe it was one of those two was i with you no, it was thanksgiving because i left to go do black friday shopping <laughs> wow uh yeah we, we were like there we kind of like all we're like hey who wants to grab a drink and we're like let's do it and we wound up at at saloon and it was cold we sat outside with the heaters and it, it, it it's, it's a very nice memory i remember that oh, that's cool everyone and just huddled around those, those horrible <laughs> heaters and yeah. i remember I, I probably left and cleaned up in the blu-ray game uh at best buy <laughs> you were going for blu-rays <laughs> yeah i've been really into buying physical media lately so, um speaking of I don't think I mentioned this, but I, I went through and it took me a, a couple of weeks, but I, I, I did the great alphabetization of my record collection. Yeah, you didn't do it autobiographical. <laughs> I didn't go autobiographical, no. Uh, <laughs> but I did log everything on Discogs. And like, so I have like a, a essentially a internet spreadsheet of everything I have. And it's deeply satisfying. It's like putting together Legos. It's, it's like, oh, oh, it's so great. And they're all pristine and, uh, well, no, some of them are in pretty bad shape, but like, uh, uh, 
it was it was a lot of fun to go through I'm like oh yeah this one but like uh, sure enough like anytime i'd be like well this one's one of my faves like it's gotta be worth so much money and then you look and it's like two dollars <laughs> <laughs> and then like what the hell is this one i don't even remember some i think someone gave this to me or i traded it i look it up five hundred dollars i'm like oh boy oh man you got some some gems in there i think so yeah and i'll pay for a lot of chicken wings i'll say that <laughs> So I'm, I'm, I'm going to pick a few, you know, like, uh, pricey ones that I don't really care about and get them out of here and, and buy more chicken wings. <laughs> That's the plan. It's always been the plan. I really, I, I really enjoyed Discogs, even though for tonight, for tonight's artist, I searched it. And I, even though I, I distinctly remember buying a vinyl by one of our artists, it wasn't in my Discogs. So I was not happy. So Oh. Speaking so cool. of, did you know that Violator by Depeche Mode uh, from previous episode is like a much sought after vinyl and is priced pretty high? Not until our episode. <laughs> did you look it up? You're like, I, I did. I, I was like, I know I have this in my collection. And I was just like, whoa, that's that's wild to me. And you said it was from your mom, right? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. they. I think a lot of the records that came out in 89 90 i think at that time and i could totally be wrong about this um but there was a sh- there was already a shift towards maybe cds and cassettes mm-hmm. so vinyl records are being like phased out so anything from that time period i what i've what i've discovered tends to be you know worth a little more um it got a little tricky when i pulled out like my like fleetwood mac and like beatles stuff Cause I'm like, boy, there's 180 different versions of this release. I'm like, I'm not confident in which one this really is. Did you do the inlay? Look at the, the, the etching on the inlays of the oh, record. Jake, this isn't my first rodeo. I know how to look at the, <laughs> <laughs> at the codes. I know it's about, it's about the vinyl pressings and the codes on there. Yeah. Um, I know. <laughs> there's one, um, it's a copy of Led Zeppelin two. Okay. The guy who did the mastering, his name was Robert Ludwig, Bob Ludwig. Um, of, of the drums fame. No, I, I think this guy's, I think he's separate. Uh, he's just like okay. a, like a engineer. Okay. And uh, he, he mastered this Led Zeppelin record in such a way that he mastered it almost too heavy to where like, needle like record player needles in like the 70s when it well i guess it came out 69 i think um nice yeah (laughs) uh they weren't equipped to handle this type of pressing Uh so it was it was like i think it's like the 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 low end was 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 mixed in such a way it would make the the needles skip Mm -hmm. people complained and they remastered it uh but now that record is really sought after because needles are better and it probably sounds amazing. It does, yes. Oh, is that your white whale? Well, I actually, I actually tracked one down. Um, I've only seen it once in the wild. Um, there was a, there's a, there was a record store on South Congress called Friends of Sound. Uh, they've since moved to San Antonio. Um, shout out Friends of Sound, awesome record store. If you're in the area in San Antonio on Fredericksburg, I couldn't recommend their shop more. Uh, Not a sponsor, but could be. Yeah. If you, hey, if you get, get in touch with us. <laughs> um, 
and so yeah and i remember listening to it and it was the most amazing record i'd ever heard um with headphones wow. on. but i didn't buy it and then i found and i found one and the etching so long story short the etching oh. mm-hmm. it says he's got rl for robert ludwig on there so mm-hmm. If you're ever if you're ever shopping around and you see Led Zeppelin two, look at that inlay. And if you see RL, you found hey. you found a treasure. Oh, okay, good to know. Yeah, because you know you see those out. You know, like if you're at like a farmers market or a flea market or something, and oh, Led Zeppelin two. You know, you could be holding on to one of the finest records, finest sounding records uh, out there. But yeah, just keep an eye out for that RL. Far out. After you know. Going through my whole collection, uh, you know, again, I, I, and I have a pretty intimate relationship with my records. Like, I know where I got them, I know where I've played them, I know what they sound like, and all this. But I also know, like, from the inscriptions and etchings, I should say, like, I think I'm like pen pals with this man named Simon from the Exchange, it's like a, which is like a pressing plant in London that makes all the vinyl, <laughs> a lot of electronic vinyl. Uh, it just seems like a friend now. Because his name's on every almost every record I have. Uh, do you listen to your vinyl on headphones ideally? Um, no, I uh, I have an amp. It's a it's not a Marantz. It's it's a Marantz made a uh, kind of like the way Gibson made Epiphones. They're kind of like so you have like Gibson and then like the little brother of that is Epiphone. It's kind of like mine. It's a Marantz clone almost uh i i was like stepping up my my audio game in 2014 and i was like, i want an amp you know i really would like that and so i went to a shop and I, you know me like i i'm the gnat that sees like that light and it's just like i can't help it it's so beautiful you know like that, <laughs> i see something you know, something shiny. And I'm like, Oh, I love it. So mm-hmm. it's a eighties. If I'm not mistaken, but what I love, the light is blue on it. Uh, on, on this amplifier. Uh-huh. Okay. It lights up blue. And I thought that I thought, I thought it looked like a spaceship. And <laughs> I was like, that's, that's out of this world. I, I would love that. And it's a spaceship to imagination, man. Yeah. And it runs yeah. on music, bro. And it, it's it's a tube amplifier. So, I mean, some folks swear by it. Uh, I'm deaf in one ear. So, I, you know, I kind of just take what I can get. And it, it really does sound great. So if I if I can listen to it through the amp, I, I, I rock it. Um, but if, like, I'm – if I'm – I can say if I'm sampling stuff um, through the headphones for sure. Okay, interesting. How about you? Do you prefer headphones <laughs> or speakers? Um, well, lately headphones just because I just by I don't have a set of I don't have a, a stereo proper really. But, you know, I I have in the past and all this, but I really would love to. I'd love to build up you know a, a proper DJ booth and like um, you know I don't know I live in an apartment complex and it gets a little. You want to be in a house for that shit if because <laughs> if you really want to rock out. It, you're gonna annoy someone eventually, you know. I feel you. I mean, did you have like your injury, or did or did it just kind of stop? Oh, so no. Uh, I don't know if I've ever mentioned that before on the show. You've uh, mentioned the, the, your your ear and all that, but, I, but um, yeah, I'm a. Uh, 
it's um you know i'm fortunate i'm very fortunate to not to have not had an injury or 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 any trauma on my ear um it's just kind of like one of those things that's been progressing um for as long as i can remember mm-hmm. and uh and it's pretty you know like it it's pretty far gone you know wow so which which is a major bummer um but uh could you get like a aid to help you out i can't, I can't yes and i and I, I actually do have one why well, oh. I, I did i did have one for for a lot of years um but it just kind of like stopped working on me so mm. eventually i think i'd like to invest in in something like that get another one man yeah. come on but it's, and they make them so small now. You'd be like Captain America and shit. Like close the sh- close the gateway. Yeah, be awesome. <laughs> you know, like that'd be neat. And, and, and these days, I I'm rocking those earplugs to shows and. Right, you mentioned that. Yeah, I should have been doing that the whole time, dude. Probably irreparable damage. Like, and this is why I talk too loud. <laughs> See, I just thought you were very passionate, and you know, like <laughs> all that as well, but. <laughs> but uh so a movie came out recently that i haven't seen yet you haven't seen it yet but i made the mistake do you ever like see a spoiler and you're like oh you try to scroll and like like oh jake no you didn't tell your mind like i didn't see that i didn't see that it's fake it's fake um <laughs> i tried did that last wednesday Okay, so we're, we're clearly talking about Doctor Strange in we're talking about- the Multiverse of Madness, correct? Yes, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. And before, once we're done talking about this, I'll, I'll do another spoiler alert to let you know if you're skipping through doing the 15 seconds, you've reached the spot. <laughs> okay, okay, go for it. Okay, well, I actually saw it for the second time last night. Oh, shoot. <laughs> I, I'm not even kidding. Just because, like, well, I had a friend over, and she's like, well, I haven't seen that. Like, I would love to go a movie with you. I'm like, well, then let's fucking go see Dodger Strat. Uh, and it's so fun. Um, and, like, so much happens. Like, like it, it, it necessitates a repeat viewing because it's a lot. It's, it's quite dense. Um, I'll, just, I'll say this to your – if you stumbled upon a spoiler, and I feel bad for you, but, like, uh, there's a lot more to the movie than – anything could be spoiled for because it's just so fun. And if you're a Sam Raimi fan, which I hope you are, and I hope a lot of our, our listeners are, uh, it's got his fingerprints all over it. The camera is moving, like time I, I, slows down. The, like, like the camera is a character, you know, the, it's moving in. There's a lot of Dutch angles and um, like, it'll drop all music and sound and like just to build tension and it's so glorious oh man i had a really good time at the movies seeing dr strange in the multiverse of menace so how cool was krasinski as reed richards it's awesome how how spoiled uh, spoiled i just i just saw the photo and i saw captain marvel as well everyone else i didn't recognize um but well, there's the big one, the voice, which was kind of spoiled in the trailers. They need to stop doing this and the stuff in the trailers. Oh, oh, yeah, dude. They they did uh, Captain Marvel, uh, or not Captain Marvel, um, Captain Peggy Carter. Oh, uh huh. Yeah, they showed her in a trailer. They they showed the shield. 
It showed yeah. the Captain Britain shield, yeah. Captain or, Britain, or, yeah. yeah. Captain Marvel. Or, is that it? Oh. Or, or, or Captain Carter? I don't know. Captain Carter. Um, but, Captain Carter. Yeah, Captain Carter. Um, she's got like a little jetpack. <laughs> well, I don't want to like, because you're going to go see I it, I just right? saw the photo and then like, then like, Pat, like Patrick Stewart like was on the red carpet and he was like, you know, came out to support you know this is a terrible uh-huh. came out to support dr strange i'm just like oh i know why you're there but is he is he in the the animated series wheelchair yellow that was- be, beyond that he's he's in the the yellow chair yellow or gold chair i suppose uh, uh beyond that danny elfman does the score um hey, I, and i pre-ordered i pre-ordered it on from mondo today Oh, that cool, like the cool edition of it with the yeah. cool print. Oh man, uh, it, it's it's dope. And there's like these crazy like guitar strings, like what? Especially like in the third act, it's really wild and very noticeable. Uh, <laughs> kind of like that wasn't in the last movie, but but um, when when they're introducing the Illuminati, which is like when you get all these crazy cameos, um, uh, and then of course. Professor Charles Xavier. He rolls up with the gold chair, and you see her. Like, <gasps> I know, dude. It's amazing. Like, it is him from the '90s cartoon. It's not even him from like the X Men nonsense movies. It's like him from the cartoon, dude. Whoa! I know. I know. It's I, very I, cool. got, I literally have chills right now. You got to listen for it because I missed it the first time and people were saying like, really? And then I was like, second viewing last time, I was like, oh my God. I, I oh my gosh. What a classic theme song, right? Is that like, um, love it. Um, that one, I, learned, I learned that one on guitar. I think, have I played that for you on guitar? I think, I think I must have demanded it if you ever mentioned it. <laughs> uh, that. I think the so first I've, time I met you, you're like, I play guitar. I was like, play the X-Men thing. You're like, this is, this is true. This is, this is. <laughs> and then we were like, hey, 90s rock and electronica, right? <laughs> like, uh, I think we're going to be friends for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the credits rolled. You know, yeah, so. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> are, 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 so back to Dr. Strange, are you, are you, gonna, are you planning on seeing it? Hopefully this weekend. Um, cool, cool, cool. We have like a we've had like a busy couple, busy couple weekends, but this one's kind of like. Are you are you are you like just in the deep end of wedding planning and stuff like that? So you know because we got such an early start on it uh, last year, we are like pretty solid at this point. Really, Uh, I I have to get uh, some groomsmen stuff going on, so keep an eye out for that email. When we got engaged, so it's actually a year ago this Saturday. Uh, wow. Oh, boy. It's a lovely night to go see a Doctor Strange movie. <laughs> Let's celebrate our year engagement by going to see Doctor Strange. <laughs> there, is, there is a wedding in Doctor Strange. It, did Rachel McAdams come back for it? In a big, bad way. Like, okay. there's a lot of Rachel McAdams. I love Rachel McAdams. I, I, she's great. The, the mole on her cheek is basically uh, fourth build. In the credits, I never noticed she had a mole. <laughs> oh, I did this time. I was like, "Whoa!" Like, <laughs> and then they and then they see her in the multiverse. It's on the other side of her face. I'm like, "Whoa!" No, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, that didn't happen, but it would have been cool. <laughs> um, 
so we uh yes yeah, it's been it's been a year uh so i'm hoping at some point this week we can go check it out because i know <laughs> my fiance is really excited she got like we got like really into star uh spider-man um so she loves spider-man um and uh so i think she's i think she'll be on board to, to go check cool. it out oh that mean it's it's just a good time if are you, are you a big Wanda fan? Uh, Wanda Maximoff, the Scarlet Witch. I, I am. Uh, I loved WandaVision. Um, these poor, uh, these poor assholes that didn't watch WandaVision going to this movie, they're going to be a little lost. Like, like they're going to be like, wait, what? Because oh, it, it's kind of, it's absolutely a continuation of WandaVision. Yeah. Do you for think, her for her arc at least? Do you think the Disney Plus MCU verse? is the successful attempt at what the animatrix was to the matrix back in the day dude that's oh my god i was just talking about this with a friend of mine um that's it's crazy like a friend of mine was like who doesn't really care about these things too much and i placed before we all placed bets on what the rotten tomato score of dr strange would be oh, oh yeah i remember i remember yeah i was like five bucks 90 percent. let's go and, and and it's at like I think it's holding at like 79 right now, which is kind of oddly low for a Marvel movie and for a movie that I, well, I don't know. I think is quite spectacular. But, I, um, know, a side note on that. I think a lot of it is because Sam Raimi has a lot, has a very dedicated, very, you know, I guess dedicated, devoted, maybe audience. Like people like have followed his movies from like the evil dead days. Um, so yeah. any, any trace of like stifling his art, I think that is going to take some notches down for some folks. And the fact that he's already like tried and uh, tested on, you know, Spider-Man, I think a lot of people might compare things to Spider-Man. So if, if it's not, if it's not like landing with folks right now, maybe it will in the future once people can remove themselves from that, but that's just, but so, sorry for interrupting. No, 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 not at all. That's a lovely sidebar. So to address a couple things there. <laughs> um, I think he did a I think he did a great job on Spider-Man. Like like Spider-Man one and two especially are so good, so good. And uh, yeah. you know, Spider-Man three, that feels like a lot of interference with, you know, a council of uh uh you know executives. This one feels like, yeah, okay. He's in the Marvel, he's in the MCU, he's playing by their rules and stuff, but man, they really let him go. They really let him put his fingerprints on it. They're, they're like, and I think this is their method now. They're like, um, we're, we're, we're actually going to let directors direct now like, and like make some decisions that are a little extreme, um, aesthetic choices. The colors are amazing, you know, because often some of these MCU movies can be a little gray. Um, yeah. There is a, a fight in this movie between it's not it's in the trailer but there's another dr strange right there's a multiverse there's like there's infinite dr, dr. strange's right uh, our our 616 dr strange finds another dr strange and they end up fighting and they move music notes off a page and throw them at each other like they're ninja stars and as they hit each other it plays the notes in the score it's one of the coolest MCU fights we've ever seen. It is the coolest shit ever. Um, so like weird shit like that. There's like, there's, there's 
zombies and demons and monsters and all this. It's very Raimi style. So they're, I think they're really in phase four, at least like, you know, we can't be as cutty cutter as we were this whole time. Let's let these guys uh, add a little fingerprint to it and, and take some creative liberties, I guess. And it's, it's fun as shit. Also, if you have strong opinions on where Wanda should be going, you're going to, you're either going to love this or hate this. I do, I do love that character. Um, I always, she's she's one that I I definitely uh, when I when after um, after uh, Age of Ultron, you know, when it showed her and Aaron Taylor Johnson, aka Craven the Hunter? Question mark. I guess so. I don't know what the fuck they're doing over there, man. I was. It's, I remember that's Sony. I remember like when they like showed them. And she's like doing her, her like, she's doing her like magic thing and she like breaks the window. I said, I remember I turned to my friend who I watched that, watched the movie with, and I remember saying, It's all right. It's all right. And he said, What? And I said, She moves in mysterious ways. You got me again. It's, it's second second recording in a row. I don't see it. <laughs> very well, very well done. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> she moves in mysterious ways. Uh, okay, here, here we, we go. So uh, my album this week uh, was 1991's Octung Bebe by YouTube. Bebe by YouTube. So this one, you know, it, it's kind of like uh, this. This listening back to this album, I did go back and listen to uh, you talking YouTube to me. One one uh-huh. of no secret, Elliot and I's favorite podcasts. Um, I think it might be my favorite like run of a podcast ever. It was fan. It might be like the the seed that was the seed that planted that started, you know, this project. Yeah. Um, I, think, but, I, I, I was like, if these two ding dongs can do it, then why can't? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and this is one I was uh, recently. I, I was reading like Rolling Stones' greatest albums of the '90s or whatever, and this one was totally on there. Um, Achtung, it's, baby. It's one I've heard. I've heard of, but I never actually listened to it. You're doing this again, okay? Um, because like, I mean, I'm really bad about that. But um, YouTube, I, I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go. All you can leave behind. I think that's the other one from the '90s that I'm most familiar with. I, mm-hmm. I, 
dying to talk about you two. So I listened to this album uh, from the uh, before I presented it. I did listen to it because it was on the Rolling Stone list. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and I'll I just, allow it. And I just fell in love with it. Wow. Um, what, what, so you don't have a lot of history with this album, per se, but do you have a lot of history with you two, the band? That's actually one of the questions I was going to ask you. Um, I was going to ask you, uh, where did you first hear of you two? <laughs> that was <laughs> my that, that was my questions. Like, question: Where? What are your earliest memories of you two? Um, and that's a, and that's a good one. I think the earliest memory I have of you two is the cartoon video for "Love Me, Kiss Me, Thrill Me." No, "Love Me, Kill Me, Kiss Me." Love me, thrill me, kiss me, kill me. There it is. <laughs> well researched. Or oh, hell, stop. <laughs> you, how dare you? I remember that video too, and like I remember it being awesome and like cool, like because I was in the animation at the time. Of course, you know, like me and my friends were, we were uh, like, we're so lame that we're punk rock and cool by liking anime and stuff like that, and like cool animation. Speaking of the animatrix, some of that, I got and like that video had like. A, I, we should, I need to look up like who did it, but like, uh, um, but uh, that video was super cool, and it's off off this at least this era of YouTube where they're doing a lot of crazy electronic stuff and a lot of strings and like uh, synths and stuff. Yeah, when they're they're really ex exploring yeah. the space. This is post Joshua Tree, right? Big time, post Joshua Tree. Super memos. Post Joshua Tree, post Rattle and Hum. Mm-hmm. And I'm a goofball. The song is Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me. God. I thought it was uh, Kiss Me, Kilmer. Kiss, kiss. Yes, please. Hey. Those lips. Forget it. Um, yeah, so that was that was on the Batman Forever soundtrack. So the, the director of that music video was a gentleman named Kevin Godley and Maurice uh, Lenane. Cool. <laughs> and looks like it. So that one, that I guess that song was part of the. Uh, is it Zuropa? Is the album um, uh, that followed this? This so yeah. So it was. Is yeah, Zuropa in '93. Okay. Um. So if that was more in in the follow up album to Octune Baby, but I have you know very like vivid memories of that music video and Bono as a cartoon character mm -hmm. and the str there's like an orchestra playing uh, a cartoon orchestra playing as well you know like I had I, I had the Batman Forever soundtrack on cassette um, cassette bro and uh, and then would listen to it Constantly. Actually, the first time I heard The Offspring as well, weirdly enough. Um, I had a lot of cassettes. I wonder what the last cassette, I wonder what the first and last cassette I bought was. There's no way of knowing. <laughs> How about you? What was your What was your earliest memory of you two? Dad. It's, you know, this is, you know, it's kind of a fun dad rock. Like, you know, beyond like, you know, Depending on what age your father is, you know, and and what what age you are, like, uh, like there was like you know yacht rock, there was classics, there was like you know classic rock, there was like the country dads and all this and like, but like 
my dad would rock Joshua Tree a lot. Um, and then like, and like, I was like, this is pretty good. So Joshua Tree, let's just go ahead and say, probably their best album. Um, and because it's just so undeniably uh, just this crazy, like, uh, space rock operatic craziness. We wouldn't have Angels and Airwaves without them, you know, that kind of thing. Like, I think Tom's you know, taken I, a few notes from you two, is he not? We've talked about this. Oh, 100%. You know, Joshua Tree, I think it has to be said, may have the most epic um, opening three songs to an album. Um, it is the, one of the most uh, front-loaded albums ever. Because, like, the first three to four, five, even, like, songs on there, they put all their... Like these are awesome. We'll put them at the beginning, and if anyone, everyone gets, if anyone gets to side, you know, side B, you know, we hope, we and, hope and we still got them. But it's I crazy. Joshua Tree, you open up with "Where the Streets Have No Name." Forget it. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Stop. And then the third song is "With or Without You." That's Break, stop it. That's it. The... If if any if any band wrote one of those songs you'd already be like a legend you know like and they that's the first three songs on this album it's 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 incredible this is why and i know you two is like a kind of uh people seem to have an opinion on them no matter who they are and like but like because they're i don't know well okay bono seems to have quite the personality yeah uh um but like yeah okay fine and i mean that's cheesy or whatever but uh, d- do you remember Joshua Tree, man? Like, they wrote these tunes and they're off the goddamn hook. Bono and the Edge made some magic in the 80s and 90s, man. And I think they... And throughout the early aughts, like, did Vertigo come out in 01? I think so. Was Beautiful Day on Vertigo? Or is that the name of the album? So it's... Beautiful Day might be 90 might be 99 it's on that uh, all you can't leave behind which came out in i'm sorry 2000 it's it's they're they're one of they're one of those bands and i mean there there have literally been podcasts dedicated to to you too so i don't think i don't think we're gonna i mean we're definitely gonna talk about octoon baby yes banger an album but i think actually both of our albums tonight are are kind of kind of fall into the same category of just kind of like um like touchstones you know uh both mm-hmm. not not only the albums but the bands themselves you know mm-hmm. yes uh, like they i remember an, another early gosh talk just just talking right now it's, it's all kind of coming back i remember watching the music video for new year's day on the quiet on New Year's Day, you know, um, mm-hmm. watching that on my beloved VH1 in the 90s, <laughs> and it was like pop up video or something. And I remember they're playing in a field, but there, it's snow everywhere, and there's wow. flags, and yeah, and Bono's singing. And I remember, I remember hearing hearing that song as a kid and being like, "Oh, this sound, this sounds." unlike anything i've ever heard like the guitar sounds that you can hear the the bass is very like joy division 
very like mm -hmm. post punk. The guitar is is very jangly, um, and I, I remember I remember being back in the day, late '90s, and just being like, I I've never heard anything like this before, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Who were their influences? Like, because like, like uh, was anyone else doing this kind of stuff? This kind of meaning like this kind of like melodramatic like uh, like. Again, we have another crooner, like like how we compared. Uh, I'm sorry, is it Martin Gore in Depeche Mode? Yeah. The vocalist. Oh, uh, oh sorry, Dave Gahan. Gore, Dave. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, like the 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 Morrissey-ish kind of crooner stuff, but Bono now is like, oh, I can hit. I've got a way bigger range. He's he is truly operatic, meaning like he can sing to the back of the room and like really build these things out there. He's and very dramatic. Um, it, it's he's, he's very mellow dramatic, like like, uh, like exceedingly dramatic, and like and that's fine. Like you're allowed, you know. Like like um, I think, but I think maybe some at a certain point, some you know music snobs were like, this isn't dark and like he's not afraid enough. He's not. He doesn't just this this lead singer of this band doesn't seem to be afraid of anything. I'm like, yeah. well, why should he be? He's fucking Bono. Like, uh, but. And I, like, I, and yeah. I love that, you know, I think Bono, and you know, I don't know a lot about um, him as, as a person or like, as, you know, as, as, as a, as a, you know, coming up. Um, but it just seems, he seems like one of those, one of the, one of those people that like, you know, you know, grew up on loving american music which is a lot of what rattle and hum was the album the live studio slash studio album that preceded this one was it um, live slash studio there was like what there was like studio cuts on that one i thought it was a good all live no it was live slash studio um who does and, that huh who does that is that is there a precedent for that you know i don't i don't know um i've just never heard of that being done I imagine there, there been some like live albums with like a bonus like B side added to the end to like round out a record. I, I know um, of like, like like albums that are like studio albums and then there's like a bonus. Oh, this has a live version of this. But like I have never heard of like fifty fifty live studio. And and I think it's one of those things where it's just like I think like U two is just kind of like in a league of their own. You know, mm -hmm. like it's their game to lose. You know, I think it always has been. Yeah. Um, and I think, like, I think the guys in U2. Bono and the Edge. Adam Clayton Edge. and Larry Mullen Jr. Certainly. Uh, I think they grew up, you know, really being obsessed with American music. Like, so many, like, British, like, early British rock and rollers. I mean, the Beatles were obsessed with, you know, uh, like Little Richard and mm -hmm. Buddy Holly, um, you know the Stones were obsessed with, you know Delta Blues guitarists. Okay, so Zeppelin, Beatles, and Stones are the control the experiment. We drop these talents into Ireland. Is that why? Is that how we get you two? Think so. I think the the perfect mix of like Joy Division mm -hmm. uh, rhythm. You know, like that that bass, like boom, 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 just like a real like bass and a real simple guitar, uh, paired with 
you know, the edge. I don't even know who to compare the edge to. There's just, there's no one. Yeah, I don't know, like, because he's a big effects guy. Like, or at least, like, he likes to use his repeater or whatever you call it. You have to correct uh, me on this if I say it wrong. Oh, no, no. Uh, it, it, uh, it's, it's called delay, but I know exactly what you're saying. Like, just, okay. It just repeats the same note over and over again, yeah. Right. Somebody, he can, like, hit a string and, like, pop, 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 pop. You know, and, like, uh, that's how he gets, that's how we get, we got where the streets have no name. Like, it's like cascading notes. Absolutely. Which, which is very similar to a, a Marvel movie fight I just saw. But um, uh, no denying that these guys are amazing musicians. Listening to this album tonight, like today, like, and man, you can like, like, like the rhythm, the rhythm section is just fucking crushing it. And, like, and they're letting them just play the hell out of these tunes. So uh, uh, Adam Clayton is on bass. Larry Mullen is on drums. Boom. Okay. Um, and the drums, even when they're programmed, are awesome. No, and the drum sound on Octune is, it's like, like the snare just sounds so like tinny. I, I, that's the best way I can describe it. But, but mm. I love it. I love it, love it, love it. Um, and I think a lot of it, I didn't realize in my research, but I didn't realize that Brian Eno produced Joshua Tree as well. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Eno. Brian Eno, pretty much the godfather of ambient music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he's a he's a big deal. Uh, he, he, Brian Eno, the producer, like one of the producers on this one, and like a lot a lot of YouTube stuff, like made these. I think they're called music for airports, like right. Um, like just like these weird. No, I think it's actually. What called. I really what it's but called. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just like wow. You know, it's like just soundscapes, kind of. You know, yeah. like just 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 tones moving in and out and sh- and shifting. So he's a real artsy fartsy kind of dude. But uh, <laughs> I mean, like Justin, Justin, look. I mean, because Eno, like that's kind of like if you're if you're like half interested in music, that's a name that just comes up. I mean, like he's. He's as influential as, you know, as anyone. He's, and like, just looking at it, so like, uh, so it's Daniel Lenoir, I believe that's how, he's a Canadian produce, producer. I think, it, I think it's Lenoir, yeah. And Brian Eno produced this one. Um, mm-hmm. So Eno worked with everyone from David Bowie. He produced the Talking Heads um, and everyone from the Talking Heads to Coldplay, you know, like- yeah. And he and his original band was Roxy Music, um, so. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. But uh, just with Rattle and Hum from this is a a very abridged history of late eighties U two. Um, so okay, so there's a documentary about U two um, came out in two thousand eleven. It's called From the Sky Down. Um, I caught some of it. It's on YouTube. Uh, oh. Really, really fantastic, and, and they go back and they're talking about um, how, and it's kind of wild to hear a band like you two talk about themselves like this way. Like they're 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 basically just like, yeah, when Joshua Tree came out, we were the biggest band in the world, and we were playing stadiums, but we weren't that good. Mm-hmm. Like we didn't have. A, a, we didn't have enough songs for a set list mm-hmm. to stadium band. They're very like divisive band where it's like, you know, you're like, oh, you know, I can't stand Bono, whatever. But at the end of the day, like, 
everything I've read or like, you know, heard Bono talk about himself, like he's very like self-deprecating. He's very like, he's the first one to call himself out on a lot of things. Like I read an article recently where he was like, I can't stand most of U2's songs. Like I'm embarrassed by our catalog. I hate the name U2, you know, like, and it's just like, like, don't, don't put yourself, don't, don't do that to yourself. Like, you know, you know, and I don't know. Like, someone tells, tells me he feels fine about himself, so they're right. Yeah, you know, I, I don't, but, uh, but to, to be able to be like, to the point where like, yeah, like we were the biggest fan in the world, but like, we weren't that good, you mm-hmm. know? And I think like, from what I understand, like Rattle and Hum was an attempt, was U2's attempt to like celebrate American music. Like they famously brought like B.B. King out to play a couple concerts with them and they recorded at Sun Studios which you know where Elvis and Johnny Cash and Jerry Lewis and pretty much where rock and roll was first recorded um, wow. and but it was received by the public as like dude this is this is our music like duh like you know like why are you why are you acting like you're discovering this like we've known this for a long time it was kind of like it was kind of dud of an album rattle and hum was but rattle and hum yeah it kind of turned a lot of people off hmm yeah um so then they as they as they i think historically have done they after that change directions and go a little electronic with it yeah i mean after that like they were just like okay we need to reevaluate and we need to you know rediscover our sound and i think they pretty much invented 90s rock uh for non-grunge bands i think i think you you can draw you can draw a line from from octum baby to new metal pretty easily oh my i'm not even kidding dude yes i thought that listening to this one i I mean mm, just saying I just got like chills in my ears because like I thought that same thing this afternoon. Even the way like the bass has been like, and, and like like uh, and like we have like these crazy kind of funkier, hip hoppery or dancey like beats, and then and then and then Edge is doing his thing, and Bonard is are doing their thing. The melding of every technology they could think of to make this album, they used, and so I think it gave birth to a lot of different avenues and ideas of music 100 percent. i i could not agree more with you like so this album came out november 1991 nevermind by nirvana came out in if i'm not mistaken september of 1991 mm. um so i think in the 90s like it split it went grunge and it went the sounds on octoon baby yeah you know? I'd never, I'd never realized that until, until really diving into this album. What were your, what were your thoughts on any, any standout tracks? Uh, I, I love a lot of these tunes, um, and I've heard them for you know many years. Um, I'm, I'm like, you know, I, I said like, I'm a fan of you too. Like, like, there's just no denying like these, these things. Like, I don't know, no one else wants a melodramatic, melodic, beautiful, soaring fucking rock and roll anthem with this guy who is yeah maybe he's he's got a lot of hubris as a lead singer but he's got pipes too man and like edge is like all like you know 
like he's the Steve Jobs of playing guitar. He's like, I'm gonna figure out whatever I can do and like, like and advance the technology of how I play this instrument and make something new out of it. Even better than the real thing. Like, come on. Like it's like like when that came out, did anyone know how they were even making these sounds? Dude, that's the, one of my notes on that song is so the edges guitar and in particular the bend he's doing throughout the song you can hear that bend throughout the decade like wow yeah like i i, I was listening to it and i was just like oh i've heard this in so many songs and this the is bon, wee, wee, bon, yes. wee, wee. wow is that, is that a whammy bar situation it might be a whammy bar i mean you never know do you even know is it a paddle like he's got he must have some setup dude i don't even know have you ever seen It Might Get Loud? I've heard of it. Uh, Jack White's in it, yeah? Yes. Is it's that, uh, there's footage of him like building a guitar with like two blocks of wood and a string and he plays yeah. like, a guitar for some cows in a farm somewhere? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, I think I started <laughs> talking about the documentary about you 2 but I think I uh, failed to mention. So the director, his name is Davis Guggenheim. Okay. And the documentary is called From the Sky Down. It came mm-hmm. out in 2011, and um, the band is revisiting a lot of tracks from Octoon Baby um, for, for, I guess, an upcoming tour. Um, but he also directed uh, It Might Get Loud, um, which is a really fantastic um, documentary about rock and roll guitar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it covers Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin, Jack White from... Mm-hmm. Existence. Stripes, yeah, <laughs> and, and and the edge, far out. And there's a really great sequence where the edge is talking, and he's just like, he's like, yeah. So uh, a lot of my effects are a lot of my guitar tone is is built through effects. Mm-hmm. He goes, so this is what my guitar sounds normally without effects, and it's just like an E chord or something. It's like bling bling bling. And he goes, but when I switch on, when I click this pedal, this is what it sounds like. And it sounds like you too. So describing the edge as the Steve Jobs of guitar, I, I that's the that's the episode title. Like <laughs> That was the top of my head, my man. That was so good. Uh, thank you. I thought it was pretty cool too. <laughs> uh uh, but like, so, you know, to the album, like, I mean, come on. Okay, so even better than real thing, love. Uh, one, forget it. If you see these guys live and they say, they sing that shit, they play that shit, like if you, and you don't have a tear in your eye, you're, you're, I'm gonna call a Blade Runner after you because you have no, uh, you're a sociopath and you're probably an android. Um, like, <laughs> and then like Mysterious Ways is like the shit, dude. Dude, so I didn't realize. So we've we've talked about you talking you two to me, uh, mm-hmm. Scott Ackerman, Adam Scott. Please come on our podcast to talk about. Whatever oh my god, can you imagine? Oh, that would be so great. Come on and talk about Todd the wet Toad the wet sprocket, please. I um, happen to know that Scott Ackerman's an, an electronica fan, and Adam Scott is a radio rock guy. And that's oh, their dynamic. Oh so, my god! How fun would that be? <laughs> so uh, I think. I read somewhere that like one was written just like out of a, out of a jam session. Mm. Just, like, it's just kind of, there were like the edge had two chords and the band just like kind of like jammed on it and then poof. Um, 
Is, is it getting better? If you if you love that song, um, one check out Johnny Cash's cover. Oh boy, uh, sure. It's it's heartbreaking. Um, it's beautiful, and I could not recommend it more. Um, the U two actually did a lot of work with Johnny Cash around this time, and I, and and Roy Orbison as well. Um, hmm. These these guys knew their stuff. They knew their American. Well, not even American. They just knew their rock and roll history, you know. And you know, they collaborated with Roy Orbison. They wrote "Mystery Girl" for Roy Orbison, which is a beautiful song. Um, and um, "The Wanderer" um, by Johnny Cash. Uh, well, "The Wanderer" came out on Zuropa and featured Johnny Cash on vocals. I recall that tune. Yeah, it's a, it's a stunning. Stunning song. I can't describe it any other way. But um, but yeah, check out Johnny Cash's cover of One. It's it's perfection. I love Bono's falsetto on One. In my notes, I took like some like. There's like one I just wrote like this album is really good and underlined it. Um, <laughs> well, like the <laughs> like the uh, learned music critic that you are. Yeah, this <laughs> album's good. Under this album. This album's really good. Um, um, I I adore the song "Ultraviolet." Mm-hmm. Um, I first heard it in in that Adam Sandler movie "Click." It came out, I think, in two thousand six. It's in that. Uh-huh. I've never seen it. I loved uh, "Zoo Station." The opener. Oh yeah. Interesting thing, the opener like like kind of starts off with these like you know crazy drums and all that, like, like over building up, and then we hear Bono's delicious tones, but they're filtered, and then we slowly hear them on a uh, without effects like fading in over them. I thought it was a cool uh, track one, cool track yes. one, right? This album just sounds cool. Like it sounds, it sounds cool. Well, Eno man, like it's produced, they produced the shit out of this. I had never heard "Who's Gonna Ride Your Wild Horses." I, I kind of dug uh, trying to throw your arms around the world. Uh, that was, I mean, you know, it, if we're gonna get Bono and melodramatic, like, the, you know, pe- people shit on the guy for, I don't know, trying to cure AIDS. Like, like, <laughs> like you're mad at him about that? <laughs> like, come on, man. <laughs> like, there are there are way. It's 2022, man. Like, there are way worse people out there than this dude trying to, like, you know, bring water to impoverished nations and cure AIDS. Yeah, I, I, I never what, got, what, what? I never understood the, the, the Bono hate. Um, he always seemed like a, just a really kind of, like, big music dork that, you know, had a... a, a, a one of a kind, world class set of pipes on him. Uh, yeah, and just wanted to make the world a better place. I don't understand why why people want to hate on him for that. He, I don't know. It's it's people uh, assume he's you know full of you know he's just a egomaniac or whatever. Which and maybe he is, but like how many of these guys aren't that we talk about? Yeah, like. If enough people tell you that you're God, you're gonna believe it eventually. And like, and, and and at least he's doing. At least if he thinks he's God, he's trying to make cure diseases. Yeah, and make the world. 
and and also make some fun ass music that Apple can sell iPods to. So maybe it's that, like the corporate tie-ins with the curing yeah. aids. I don't know. But if that if that's what it takes, then go for it. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I I, I never I never get the I never got the Bono Hey. I still don't. I'm just kind of like, hey man. I mean, you you can pick a song from I guess from U2's almost 40 years of existence and be like, that's, that's a banger, you know, like that's a good, like an objectively good rock song, you know, just a pop song, you know, it's like, like don't, and, 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 and you know, they've done 89 takes of it. They're getting it perfect. And like, they're like, okay, this is it. Now they're bringing the best producers in the world. They're spending a lot of money on like the recordings of it all. Um, they're going on these insane tours I think like maybe it's just like it's so it's not hard enough to be hard rock, right? And it's not soft enough to be like just yacht rock or like you know smooth jazz or anything like that. But it's just so like I don't know. Well, they're proto proto Coldplay, you know, and Coldplay yeah. just got there at the right time when like oh we were ready for this because you know millennials were listening to music. Like yeah, we have feelings, but like a lot of people. In those days when these albums were coming out, didn't want to talk about feelings. They wanted to rage the fuck out and like, I don't know. Maybe there's maybe they're ahead of their time or. So I remember my mom asked my cousin Missy to come babysit me because they had tickets for a show for my dad. And I remember asking my mom like, "Oh, like, you know, because I don't really ever remember my parents going to concerts." Um, but I remember asking my mom like, "Oh, who, who are you going to go see?" And she said, oh, uh, we're going to go see U2 and uh, Third Eye Blind. What? And this, yeah. And this was the 23rd of November, 1997. That may wow. be the earliest memory I, I ever had of hearing the name U2. Because I remember my parents going to that concert. Wow. And I remember I liked Third Eye Blind back in, back in the day. But we were talking about Jumper, you know. Oh, of course. So I knew Third Eye Blind, and they were going to see them with some band called U2. So that might mm -hmm. be my earliest memory of, of U2. Wow. I, have, have you ever seen them live? I never have. They did a Joshua Tree re, uh, celebration tour kind of thing. See, that's the one you want. Like, I mean, oh my goodness. I'll, I'll, I'll go see them, but I, I, from all accounts, like the shows are insane and like, you know, worth your, worth your evening at least, yeah. right? Yeah. And, I don't know. It's so great. It's so great because I know, you know, I, I've talked to, you know, in, you know, writing in, in, in school and stuff and writing like articles, like I've talked to people who booked U2 on their first Texas tours, you know, in, wow. like, in like the early 80s. And it's like tickets cost. I think the gimmick was the radio station was like, 98.9 or something or 90 89.9 so tickets mm -hmm. up like 89 cents you know to see you two and they played dallas and san antonio when mm -hmm. they were starting off wow and yeah it's just it's kind of, it's kind of great i mean they're they're just they're a band that continually reinvent themselves and mm -hmm. make you look at music in a different light and i don't know I'm grateful for them, uh, you know, and 
have always enjoyed their music and probably always will. So, so, yeah. so Aktung, Aktung Baby, would would you buy the vinyl? Oh, would I buy the vinyl? Um, hell yeah. I want to. I want to. I want to mix in mysterious ways with like with some other stuff, you know. Uh, absolutely. Um, I never. Uh, yeah, I've got some U two. I have like some cool like uh, beautiful day remixes and stuff like that on twelve inch, uh, which is fun. Um, Paul Oganfold opened for them on a on a tour, I think, for Pop. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, and, and um. So they've always been like around in the world, and like I, I you know, I'm pretty sure like, that, you know, my my father's, uh, you know, CD of Joshua Tree was like mysterious, and like it's just them like, Bono with long hair, you know, like, yeah. out in Joshua Tree with all his cacti and all this, and like, and, like it was mysterious. And they would put they would put it on. It's just fucking awesome. It's soaring. It's soaring. It's like why wouldn't you enjoy this? Just let yourself enjoy it, guys. Okay, we're going. Here we go again. Here we go again. Okay. Here we uh, go again. Like, there's just like, like the fat of the land is. Oh man, I don't even. Okay, I'm so ready. Like, oh gosh, I'm excited. Okay, let's do it. Let's get into it. Um, okay. My, oh, my album this week is um. Well, it is the fat of the land by the Prodigy. It's their third album. Came out in '97. Um, and it kind of changed everything. Uh, it, it, it changed, well, it changed a lot of things. And it's certainly one of my, if even not one of my most influential, certainly one of my most listened to records of all time. I, I, I was trying to think like, how many times have they actually listened to this record all the way through? And it has to be infinite. like. like like, like so many listeners to this one. I am deeply, viscerally, emotionally connected to this album. It came out at a perfect time in 97 when I'm in like high school, you know, and I find this stuff and it's what I've been looking for. It's like this rhythmic stuff, which again, like hacks my ADD brain and, and it feel it somehow had like steadies me and it's aggressive though. It's aggressive. And, and a little angsty, but like this more it's like, there's a lot of punk elements here. It's just like, you know, a little fuck the system, rage against the machine kind of vibes, but it's all um, these electronic drums that are high in the mix, that, that kind of big beat sound and all this. Um, but also it'll like 
just kind of things will just kind of drop away and become melodic or and and, and but but certainly like just weird and interesting on on on, on certain tracks and like like what what is that what is what what even is that noise you know that they're making and all this um i fell in love i felt deep i fell deeply deeply in love with this album when it came out um the prodigy fell in people know it from you know breathe smack my b up which we can address um and of course firestarter with uh with keith uh Jake, do you, do you have experience with this album? Oh, I'm. Thank you for asking. Like this, this might be the first episode in which like I have vivid memories of the electronic album of of the evening. Wow. I, my cousin David, which shout out cousin David, introduced me to Corn. Um, What's up, Dave? Uh, you know, solid, solid guy. I rem- I can so clearly remember one summer. It had to have been summer, probably '98, maybe. Um, I remember he had this strange CD with a crab on it. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, okay, you know, like that. That's weird. But he was like, no, check this out. You gotta listen to this. Um, and I remember last episode, I mistakenly thought they were on the Family Values tour, but they're not. They were right. the Pistol Method. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it would have been right at home there, though, in 97. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. And that's probably why uh, my, co- my cousin David introduced me to Korn and, and, New- and Limp Bizkit, New Metal, um, all these bands that were on the Family Values tour. So it might have been just like my memory kind of just like associating all of it together. Um, I think I think if they, if they had invited the Prodigy on Family Values, Prodigy would have stolen the show too much, and it would have been all about them by the end of the tour. Yeah. Truly, because these guys are nuts live. And I think like when we started this project, like I, you know, I had heard of Crystal Method and I used to work. I'd heard of Fat mm-hmm. Boy Slim. Mm-hmm. This is the first album that I really remember listening to yeah well well like the when fat of the land came out like this is when project goes pretty rock and roll with it and and i think it bled over into the new metal kind of market and like so of course it would it would cross your radar you know when yeah. when, when it when previously reviewed album jilted generation would not have because that's it's like a dance music album and then certainly not their first album this is their third album the first album is called experience and it's like a hardcore album and not the hardcore you're thinking of like dance hardcore which is like 175 one one uh you know 180 180 beats per minute like kind of drum and bass uh real just extreme ravey 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 dance stuff and then jilted got they lowered their tempo um, but they got a little darker, they got a little more interesting, they got a little riffier with the synths and all that. And then this, so this one, they're like, let's go punk rock. You know, the point where they, they've got some, they've got crazy, crazy shit going on here. Absolutely. Um, it, it, I remember listening to this album so much, you know, in the, I'm just going to say Summer of 98. I remember doing the and I started doing it in my head like I 
bong, bong, and then like breathe with me and like I, and I knew it you know which was yeah which was wild because so much of the albums that we've listened to um I it was so fresh but listening to Fat Land and I think I mentioned it on our uh, music for the Jilted Generation episode I was like oh yeah I'm very familiar with Fat of the Land like so being able to listen to this one, it was it was like revisiting an old friend, and I loved it. Wow, yeah. I know, like Smack Smack My Bitch Up was on a number of mix CDs, uh, late nineties, early aughts, made by me. Um, I remember very being like making CDs for my friends, being like, "Hey, check this song out. Yeah, you're gonna like this one." You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it felt like dangerous to listen to it. And like the music video, of course, was famously like banned from MTV and all this. Uh, um, and and like you know, and of course, you know, year, years and years later, like, did you need to use that word? Like, well, you know, no. But like, it, it was more. It was. Uh, Liam has said like, well, what's more like, um, it gets crazy out there essentially. But um, like the the, the music video was a, like a first person perspective person going out on a night out and like doing a lot of drugs and like and and drinking and, like and dancing and getting in fights and then like at the end of the video it it pans up but it's a woman um and so and because of that the music video was banned they're just trying to rock the boat they're they're fucking around with the system so and i learned that the let's see the the um the sample of Change my pitch up, smack my bitch. It was from was it Cool Keith? Cool Keith is, uh, is correct. Uh, who who um, has collaborated with like a boatload of people? Yeah, Cool I, Keith. I, yeah, I never knew that. Um, oh yeah, that's the sample. Yeah. Uh, did you catch the sample from the uh, funky shit? <laughs> no, I, I did. What was on that one? Track four is called Funky Shit. Like, oh my god, that's some fucking shit. Which, if you recall, closes out the movie Event Horizon. Oh. Um, but the sample, oh my god, that's some funky shit, is by the Beastie Boys. Oh, wow. That totally makes sense. Isn't that glorious? It's glorious. I love how it's all coming full circle. So, Fat the Lamb is the first to feature Keith Flint. Um, Correct. Legendary. He was he was one of their dancers for a bit. Legendary vocalist and, and dancer. Uh, he's on mm-hmm. Breathe, Serial Thriller, uh, Fuel My Fire, and the iconic Firestarter. Firestarter. Were you a big Firestarter guy? I, back in the day, I was more of a smack my bee up. Um... Mm-hmm. I've come to really appreciate Firestarter. Sure. Um, but you know what? Uh, and I think it's because like seeing him, you know, really made me want to go back and revisit Firestarter. Because he was, you know, he's unfortunately we he since passed. Uh, yes. Yeah. My my lord, what a, what a dynamic uh, performer. Uh, yeah. Both vocally and just like. Uh, his look, like it's just striking, you know, striking and uh, quite uh, perhaps no pun intended, incendiary. Uh, he was he kind of became like so. Liam, again, we've talked about this before. See, see, asterisk, Stan Lee box in the corner. See, see, previous episode on Jilted Generation. Uh, 
so the, the prodigy is essentially Liam Howlett, um, this guy that is the prodigy, this guy that's um, writing these tunes and certainly has a something a, a mission and something that he's going for, and he executes it, executes it quite well. Um, but he's not much of a front man. He's the guy behind all the keys and stuff. And he's and, you know he's probably you know clicking a mouse for 20 hours a day trying to make these things and so he needs some guys so he brings on some MCs he brings on um, uh, you know uh, uh, Maxim Reality he brings on and he brings some dancers on to dance when he does live shows one of them includes uh, Keith and so they, this is the first album out of the first three that he starts doing vocals on and I think knocks it out of the park for what oh, they're going for if, if you if, if, if we're rating these albums on like rating you know critiquing these albums on what are they going for and do they succeed this might be the most perfect album we've uh reviewed like because i think it is absolutely it's just absolute perfection of what they were going for and they might have accidentally created created a new genre by doing this stuff because it's awesome oh yeah uh absolutely agree with you i mean there's there, there's so much on this on this album. I mean, um, standout tracks. Um, yes, please. Oh my goodness. Uh, Diesel power. Yeah. This reminded me of like a perfect mix between like Fat Boy Slim and the Crystal Method. Um, which I think like I remember like thinking back on, and I went back and listened to music for the Jilted Generation in preparation of this, and I remember like thinking going into that one thinking it was going to be something like Fat of the Land but being mm-hmm. but found it more of a um, not jarring but maybe maybe it is jarring it's it's a very like intense album also quite sprawling it was like one of our like 89 minute long ones like like yeah. uh, like it's, there's a lot going on there but you can see if you I'll make you listen to experience eventually the first album it's an, it's an odd like they kind of like you to reinvent themselves every once in a while, at least a little bit. Um, this album like uh, spawned an emergence of really great drum and bass music. A lot of drum and bass guys in the, like the late '90s and early aughts um, were very much influenced clearly by this album, and there was this huge um, uh, swell of fantastic drum and bass guys, um, and and it took it took the prodigy a long time to come back after this one they, they finally came out in 2004 and with uh, always outnumbered never outgunned and they had taken notes from the artists that were influenced by them when they made the album which i think was a bad move because they sound they sounded like a uh, copy of a copy of a copy when they were the originators Man, they really had something here. Holy shit. I think this album was undeniable. Um, did you like deeper cuts like uh, Narayan? Yes. Um, Narayan and then Minefields was another one. Yeah. Uh, you you, you kind of touched on it earlier, but uh, this this was just like a, a perfect, like perfect album. It was cohesive. Uh, you even got like a like a touch of Jolt Generation on Feel My Fire, which is I think is a cover of L7, the band. Mm-hmm. It is, in fact, yeah. 
I think uh, Feel My Fire, if in any other like release media, it would have been like a secret track because the closer is clearly uh, my favorite on the album, which is Climatize. Um, th this song is just breathtaking. There's no yeah. vocals on it. Uh, like, and like, it's just it's just Liam doing really wild stuff with the synths and all this, and these crazy rolling drums. Um, I think it's breathtaking. And then Feel My Fire is like, let's give Keith one, or give him another one even. Like, and he just crushes this crazy like punk, you know, you know, cover. It's very cool. Oh, you know you. you you kind of talked about how, like the project. It, I feel like with this one, they with this one is in like Fatherland. They did it. Like they're just like we did it. You know. Yeah. And did they ever? I mean, I know they 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 did one of our favorite songs off Kickass. Oh, uh huh. Stand up. Stand up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, like Chris like guys like Chris Smith and certainly Daft Punk found, you know, mainstream success. Did the project ever find, did they ever get back to this sound or uh, a fad of the land? Did they ever find them? So I know, so <laughs> I know they, uh, Smack My Bitch Up was featured in Charlie's Angels in 2002 <laughs> uh, when Cameron Diaz, Lucy Liu and Drew Barrymore were fighting Crispin Glover. Sure. It was a, badass scene like super badass mm -hmm. um, but did they ever reach the same levels as this album like with album sales maybe not this one was so successful like this was probably this is of the albums i've chosen probably one of the more higher charting ones honestly post fat of the land i think you have a, a something something interesting happens uh they disappear and and the, and then they waited so many years for a follow-up because everyone wanted a follow-up. They're like, well, and, and like the fans were like, no, 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 let them, you know, let them marinate and figure something out. Certainly, they're touring and stuff, and the shows are legendary. And like, they are just like, you know, spitting into the crowd and like, you know, like, like it's, it's it's riotous these shows, you know. And like, what's fun is like they're playing these like crazy rock and roll-ish jams from Fat of the Land, or at least like. These really intense ones off island, but then they'll jump to like, um, or even close with uh, tunes off of Experience, which are like very reggae influenced and uh, and uh, and like kind of like high pitched, uh, you know, pitched up vocals, um, uh, you know, hardcore rave stuff, but they still annihilate. Um, and then by the time they came back around, the culture had changed a bit. And the culture being very much influenced by them and this album, something happened where like, I think, like the, I don't know if the technology had changed, but people were doing other more interesting things by the time they followed this up. In the drum and bass culture, like they, they were like, oh yeah, that kind of reminds us of our hardcore days, the, the tempo, the, the uh, the hard synths and all this, so they went back to like they were they got a little less experimental with their stuff. They were they weren't pushing it much uh, any further, and so it was after this one. I think perhaps perhaps plagued by the success of this one, they had diminishing returns. Okay, 
seems to be. Yeah, um, that song from Kick-Ass, Stand Up, I remember hearing that, loving the song, mm-hmm. and then learning, that's the prodigy? You know, yeah. like, Firestarter? You know, like, and just... I mean, it's a great song, but, like, this... Like, Fatherland is clearly a, a game-changer. Yeah. And, 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 I mean, the whole purpose of this podcast is to learn about electronic music, and I... As a as a noob, you know I knew coming into this one like oh Fadland is is a game changer, which leads me to my first question for you of the night. Oh. Would you, would you consider Fadland as a touchstone album of the electronic music genre, in the same way that you could consider like um, the Beatles' Revolver in the rock and roll album or uh, U2's Octoon for for rock and roll. Would you would you put that land up there? Um, it's definitely well. Okay, so I can approach that question with two in two different from two different directions, right? Um, one, it's hugely successful, um, and it's a crossover hit. Like I remember in Grand Rapids, Michigan, walking in like walking by Sam Goody, and there's a giant like eight by eight feet cutout of the cover of Fatherland, which is quite striking with the crab and their and their new logo now and they, and they drop the duh, and it's just prodigy and like um like what is that and they had a lot of hits and they and it got a lot of us radio play and certainly a lot of mtv attention and all this so it's of note yeah but this is such this is such a leap forward that it almost feels like it's not electronica like it almost feels like this is new metal you know like it just feels like this is like this is this is not uh, club music by any means. You know, this is not uh, Daft Punk. It's barely Crystal Method. You know, it's like, like I'm just trying to use our landmarks of, of uh, definitions and stuff like that. You know, this isn't like um, well, let's put a button-up shirt on and go to the club and listen to Prodigy. No, you're going to the Prodigy with a tank top on because you're going to get punched in the face, and <laughs> it's going to be mayhem. So we, we are bridging a gap between electronic and metal in a big bad way where it's more like, well, I guess essentially, yeah, certainly of note. How could it not be of note? Like, you know, in the annals of album, electronic music album histories, like, but, but uh, you put this on your car during a road trip, oh. you're, you're, you're driving 120 miles an hour. Like, there's no way. And it hit me at the right time, of, you know, in my teen or teen teenage years, and like where I'm like, you know, upset and angsty and all that, of course. And then, and so, I think it's it's a note that it's like, uh, this is introducing a lot of aggression into the electronic music world. Yeah. Um, but it's certainly what I said. But I think we're now we're it's it's only because like we're we're now we're splitting off for now. We're splitting into like a different subgenre, and dance music is going over here. And now we're doing we're doing electronic rock, so I think that's uh, kind of uh, it's kind of this is kind of like their new thing now. We're doing electronic rock music, where like you don't dance horizontal to this, you jump up and you punch the guy next to you for fun, and he'll say thank you afterwards. Seems to be. Yeah, th- I feel like uh, this is very jumpy music. Like you, you know, like you just you don't have to really like move to it. You just have to like jump if you're vertical. You're good, yeah. you know. <laughs> it's very, it's very up and down vertical music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, Talking about Smack My Beat Up, um, Mm -hmm. that real, it almost sounds like, um, almost like like a a Indian music kind of. Mm. Oh, the 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 vocals in it. Yes. Yeah. Very throwback to another 1997 release that we have listened to, um, uh, from BT. Oh. Electric Sky is it Electric Sky Church Music? Mm-hmm. ESCM. Um, Firewater. I heard. I think. I think that's the one. Uh, with the, it, it's a female vocalist and she's kind of doing, like a very like almost like uh like a chant. But it reminded mm-hmm. me a lot of what we hear in, in in Smack My Bitch Up, and uh, mm-hmm. and I would have never put the two and two together if not for this project. So I thought that was neat. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the vocalist is uh, Shaheen Badar. Okay. Uh, um, always, always, even from when I was ten years old, probably ten or eleven, the first time I heard this album, I was always like just. I was always like just really taken aback by that vocal part, and because it's like this oh, like really like aggressive like, and I remember I, it's so crazy. I remember being like a, a, a preteen <laughs> and hearing that and just being like, how are they doing that? Is that someone going, and just like, even now I'm in my mid thirties and I'm just like, how how. How do they do that? And it's just the magic of of this music. Um, so follow up question. Oh yeah. Who else would you put on those? So if you if you can make like a Mount Rushmore of albums of electronic music. So you had you have Atlanta. You have, you have the crab up there. Mm-hmm. Who would the other three be? Uh, 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 My loaded uh, question. I didn't text you beforehand. No, you did not. And I don't appreciate this sort of gotcha journalism that you're doing. No, no, no. <laughs> I, my Mount Rushmore is this show, dude. Like, like every every album I put on this show, like, uh, like, uh, like, but like, are you asking like most influential or like, like the yeah, classics? Like, like four touch well, the, cl- the classics would have to be like fucking you know like craft work and shit like that, which I don't know enough about. But like, if we're doing, we're talking nineties. Yeah, you know the TR nine oh nine or some shit. You know, like <laughs> instead of an album, it's just like a fucking drum machine, uh, which would be funny. Uh, that, that that that's a loaded ass question, but um, but but like, uh, but but in in the confines of this show, and and what I'm trying to you know curate for you, my guys are the Prodigy, Chemical Brothers, and Fatboy Slim. Um, it's that's and Daft Punk, of course. Like, so, all right. Well, Daft Punk, of course. That, that, but, that, I wrote that in my notes. I was like, he's gonna put these. Four, he's gonna put these four. <laughs> well, that that's how that's how Daddy learned it, and that's how Baby Jake learns it. So like, that's <laughs> I'm, I'm running you through my gauntlet, so you figure it out on your own. And all that. Someday I won't be here, and you're gonna have to pick Aww. out your own. I'll let you go. I'll <laughs> That's what I'm hoping, you know. Someday, you know, uh, when this when the show is beamed into the cosmos, you know, uh, folks can hear this and like go on their own musical journey. That's what it's all about. Yeah. One day I'll sign into our Zoom session and like and like, you won't be there. I'll be like, huh? He's at a rave. 
and I'll just smile at myself and I'll Ben Affleck myself back into the car like at the end of uh, <laughs> Good Will Hunting. And I'm like, oh, he did it. He did it. He's a DJ now and shit. Like, <laughs> he's a DJ. And you're, you got you got glow sticks and you're like, yeah. I got a pacifier. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, no, don't do the best. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. In my notes, I put like, you know, what other albums, what other artists would you consider top uh, touchstone artists? And I put literally put uh, Chemical Brothers, Fat Boy Seven, Daft Punk. Yeah, well, there you go. Uh, I mean, like, there's a, a, the, everyone finds this stuff on their own and like in their own way, I suppose, you know, like, um, and then as, as anyone does any genre of music, I guess, but like historically, yeah, you could, you could, you could figure it out. Um, well, I mean, there's, there's something to be said about each of those releases. I mean, I mean, although Guilty Generation was, was, in, it, it's an intense listen. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Faz Land, that, but that's not a takeaway from from Guilty Generation. You know, mm-hmm. not at all. Um, there's there's some of it that can be heard in this album, but Faz Land, Homework, Surrender, um, and the Fat Boy Slim, Better Living Through Chemistry. Yes, thank you. There's a there's a certain something about each of those releases where it just it's you. You know, even as someone who's coming into this with a fresh ear, I can tell I'm like, oh, these are game changers. You know, like mm-hmm. there's milestones. Milestones, perfect. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, infinity stones. You know, like we're we're slowly collecting the gauntlet over this of this we, show. We need to do like a, a graphic of like the gauntlet, which is like the album covers. <laughs> oh, I would love that. Ooh, chills. Okay. Uh, no, I. But this one, this was such a, uh, such a treat to revisit this one. Um, yeah. I, I grew up with this album for a couple years, um, and I did before you know, like before you know, I got into like punk rock and pop punk, and that kind of swept me. Uh, put me off my feet but for a solid you know this was on every mix i made for a friend one song was at least and smack yeah pretty much uh and firestarter and the the, and then um breathe breathe Breathe, of course of course yeah 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 yeah. um Um, did did you did you find this one in your new metal days yes yeah yeah see there you go there you go crossover hit man oh yeah um Right around, and I think that's why it landed so well with me because it was like, mm-hmm. like tough. It was like angsty, but also like had like just really dynamic drums, which I think every successful new metal band had a badass drummer, you know. And mm-hmm. I think I connected so so much with this one as 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 a kid. But no, this was, and it was so great. Like like I said, like listening to it, one song would finish in my head, I'd be like. You know, and I remember. That's, yeah, that's all they need, and like the 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 lyrics are quite frugal. You know, like there's like a first chorus, first chorus, but like the verses are the same. <laughs> yeah, every time like, it's like, that's all they need. They're 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 singing like they are playing the synth. You know, it's like this a loop, so it's all, it's all they need. And and I can remember like the funk, the funky shit. Like, oh my god, that's funky! And I remember being a little kid and hearing 
you know, the S word <laughs> on a CD. Be like, and then and I remember thinking like, because if I'm not, if I could be totally wrong about this, but it was like panned in the headphones. I remember hearing that or thinking I heard that and being like, whoa, like that, this sounds cool, you know? Yeah. And then those drums in the bass, like, it's so hard. It's like, yeah, awesome. This, this was, I mean, when we do our year-end list, it's going to be... Oh, it's, hard it's top. Be, yeah. Definitely, certainly top. I mean, well, I don't know. We still got a lot. We still got a lot of months left, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. Rick, thank you for allowing me to revisit this one. This was solid. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It's, you know, it's been on the list for the entire time, and, like, you know, it's... I'm like, I'm pleasure delaying, you know, I'm like, I know this one's going to crush and then like, I know this one's going to crush, but like, like uh, let's, uh, let's learn how to walk before you run. <laughs> because I want, I want you to have the vocabulary to talk about this properly, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, and, and going into it with the Mimo's ear, I, I think I respected it a lot more. You know? mm-hmm. I knew, oh, I love that. I knew kind of like the, what went into what I was listening to. You know, and it made for a very like um, enriched listening experience. Oh, I love that! Uh, would you buy the vinyl? Hundred uh, yeah. percent. I've never, I've never seen it in the wild. Um, but if I ever do, I've seen like the remixes, but I want the vinyl. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think it's safe, safe to say you have this one. I do not. It's kind of hard, it's kind of a hard one to find, huh? Like, well, I just I um. I know about albums. I, I listen to albums. I'm a big album guy, but I, this is like a this is like a CD and MP3 thing for me because my vinyls again are all mostly singles. So I've got plenty of Prodigy vinyl. Don't get me wrong, but like uh, the direct remixes. And there's a really great <laughs> sub focus remix of Smack My Be Up uh, <laughs> that I recommend. Um, do yeah. do these songs? make regular appearances in your sets yeah yeah every once in a while i'll drop a remix of one or something like that because, you know because they they fluctuate on, on in tempo a lot and yeah. like breathe is slower than you think it is you know stuff yeah. like that like um so to to match a dance tempo again we're we're you know this album is splitting off of the dance music stuff and we're making a, another multiverse reality yeah. of uh, um, slower tempo but rock and roll kind of electronic stuff so it's it's difficult to um, prune the timeline and put those together yeah prune nice Loki reference yeah nailed it <laughs> no uh, I, I think I think like if we look back on like I, I said at the beginning like these like our two artists have like a lot in common I think like you two and the mm-hmm. prodigy are iconic both you know um yeah foundational artists in their respective genres and um i I was really happy with pairing i think it went really well i agree (laughs) yeah for next time Uh uh-huh very excited Um, oh boy I, i came upon this one uh this group and um I, I'm just very excited to welcome them to the podcast. 
They are from Atlanta, Georgia. So next time, I'd like to welcome, let's see, Tion Tibaz Watkins, Rosanda Chili Thomas, and Miss Lisa Lefty Lopez. Whoa. AKA TLC. <laughs> and we are going to be talking 1994's Crazy Sexy Cool. Wow. TLC? TLC. I- iconic. Uh, so this album, uh, this one has Creep on it. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. And the legendary Waterfalls. <laughs> okay. Oh, that sounds like fun. Oh, man. I'm so sad. I think you're going to like, there's a lot to this album that you're really going to love. Um, a lot of just, it's um, the production on this one is just crazy. Okay. Oh, well, I, I, spoiler, I, I'm curious who produced it in the way. All right. Well, in the same year of 1997, uh, the same uh, same uh, year when Fred Land came out, uh, a couple of dudes put out an album called "Dig Your Own Hole." Uh, Why does it sound so familiar? Uh, because the t- the two gentlemen, the two brothers involved, are the Chemical Brothers. <laughs> We're going back to Manchester, man. <laughs> chemical Brothers, dig your own hole. This is before Surrender. Uh, oh. It's the album right before Surrender. This one is like when they really absolutely kind of exploded on the scene. They had an album before this. This is kind of their jilted generation. Uh, oh. And Surrender is their uh, 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 Fat Out of the Land, I guess. Um, you'll notice immediately that the track number one that starts this album off is uh, called Block Rockin' Beats. And it, I think, probably accidentally created the big beat genre, and, and it's and it's absolutely crazy. But then, like, and like the album's perfectly sequenced in that it like starts off like really big beat and rock and roll, and then slowly turns into like this crazy psychedelic, r- r- real mind trip of a of, of a musical experience. So I'm just just taking a peek at the the Wikipedia track listing. Looks like. Uh, our friend uh, Noel Gallagher uh, from Oasis has a writing credit on Setting Sun. Are we going to hear? Are we going to hear some more of Noel Gallagher on this one? We are indeed. <laughs> yeah, I hope you enjoy this one. Um, it's it's very cool. Uh, look, look out for like the man. The, the, just looking at the track list, like they they know how to put an album together, and this is one's a lot of fun. Uh, listen to it in your car if you can. Listen to it on headphones if you can. Listen to it on your stereo if you can. Um, it's good to drive to, good to cook to, good to, uh, I would dare say, make love to at a certain oh. point. Like this, <laughs> this shit gets wild and it's very fun. And it's a classic Kem's album. So dig your own hole. I recognize the album artwork and I'm very excited to dive into this one. The album artwork is super famous. It's amazing. It's very minimal, but like also gorgeous. That's great. I love it. All right. So, <sighs> so be sure to tune in next time. Where yeah. We're going to bring TLC's Crazy Sexy Cool. 
and welcome back to the show, The Chemical Brothers with Dig Your Own Hole. Uh, if you if you've listened regularly, you know I love The Chemical Brothers, so I'm very excited to dive back into their to their discography. Hell yeah! Uh, um, uh, so thanks for listening. I guess do all the things that podcasts ask you to do. Uh, click the thumbs up. Click the star. Click the I don't know what it is, but somehow it helps us. Yeah, like and subscribe, but like mm, word of the mouth is the best thing. So just tell your friends if, you, if, if they're into this kind of stuff and like they like this in the podcast. So yeah, absolutely. And, and, and wherever you happen to find yourself uh, listening to the show, uh, I think I speak for Elliot and I, when I say thank you for listening, if we, if we happen to be friends or family, thank you so much for, for listening. If you're not French family and you're somewhere else, uh, thank you so much for stumbling onto this fun journey that my buddy Elliot and I have found ourselves on and uh, mm-hmm. we are grateful um, that you've decided to spend an hour and a half with us while we talk about you two and the prodigy. Uh, so <laughs> thank you. And um, I hope you come back next time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And please, re- yeah, please return. And uh, we appreciate your, your ears and your hearts we just hope that really uh, you all um, will uh, stay sipping. Hey, stay sipping, y'all. Stay sipping. Stay sipping. <laughs> Later, dude. Later, Jake. <laughs> <laughs>